You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Years and still going strong. Everybody's a suspect! You're listening to Rabbit and Red. Robert Shaw was a tough motherfucker. Right. They don't make that angry. He wanted to punch Richard Dreyfus on the set he couldn't stand because he's a pussy. Fuck you. God damn you. Welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. And I know that you like Jason Takes Manhattan, but my question to you is why? Okay, hey, Al. Okay, you're gonna tell me Halloween. You know what makes me mad about you, Mike? I'm gonna tell you one day. Yeah. You know what makes me mad? The Halloween Six. Halloween, I think Six is your favorite movie. It certainly is. Jason Party. But you think Jason Party sucks? Yeah. Are you joking? Jason belongs in hell. Let me see he gets there. We have such sights to show you. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. And welcome back to Rabbit and Red Radio. You're saying people weren't clicking on and listening to my show to hear me talk? They just wanted to hear them? What fucking assholes, man? I know. And I'm, <laughs> guilty. I'm guilty of that, too, because I'll click on it and I'll be like, Ooh, that fucking thing makes me on this show. Blackest eyes. Welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. The devil's eyes. This is a huge honor for me. Uh-oh, too much pressure. <laughs> I'm gonna disappoint you now. I've been blown up! Take me to the hospital! Make me to the hospital! Welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. And now, here's your hosts, Michael J. and Cody Robinson. Alright, we're here. Apparently, I have no rhythm coming in the background. Was that you, Cody? I don't... That was me. Oh, so you put that in there. I did. For some reason, I thought someone was hacking the stream. Don't do that. <laughs> it scared the fuck out of me. Did well, you I hear figured the music the that been going so well. I might as well add to it. <laughs> oh, you certainly did. Um, so, no, but this is... This, this is just... Uh, I mean, one thing... Uh, the quality of blog talk audio wise was not as good as this. Um, but you did hear the opening music, right? I did. did not hear the opening music. You did or you did not? I did not. You didn't? Okay. Shit. Well, then I guess that means I can only hear it on my end, but it did pick up for it. It was on the stream. That's weird. I don't know if I like that too much. <sighs> so here we are. Here Hopefully we are. this works this time. You know, it's um ugh. 
you know, it's weird. I, I came into it with all of this to say, and the technical issues have kind of put a damper on it, so to speak. I'm just hoping that from here on out, it's smooth, or at least it gets smoother. That's my hope. So who smooth. does who does that um, Never Gonna Dance Again song? I've heard that. Come on, man. Wham. That is wham. wham. I mean, I knew it was George Michael, but I thought it was like another group or something. I don't know. No, uh, Seether does a great uh, cover of it, though. Oh, do they really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they do like a hard rock cover of it, and it's actually pretty awesome. Huh. That's very, uh, very strange. But at least um, we'll know when I go to play this back and I hear that in the background, then we'll know that it'll pick up your computer sounds too, then the stream will hopefully. So. So are we live now? Yes, we are live. We're live. Great. That is, um, it's amazing, so to speak, that this, like I said, I just hope it goes smoother from here on out. Um, I'm going to, uh, what do you call it? So, what did I want to talk about? There was, like, so much. I really had all this stuff planned and just blew up. It's hard. Well, for, first of all, Mike, let's, uh, we might as well tell everybody, Happy New Year. Happy New I mean, as, as our first official show, not only of, of 2021, but our first official live show on this new Rabbit and Red Network. I mean, yeah, that's uh, quite an accomplishment. That's well, uh, yeah. I guess you could call it that. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, Mike, do you want to tell everybody about? Oh, you there? Yeah, do I want to tell everybody about which? Uh, Do you want to tell everybody about uh, the uh, new apps, that uh, Rabbit and Red apps that are going to be released? uh... Right, right, right. I did finally put those applications in. I'll tell you, first off, Apple is a real stickler. Um, just to get an app in the app store, you have to get a developer license. And that developer license is like a hundred bucks a year just for that. And and then they have all these specifications, like you have to have your logo, banner, all that type of stuff, background, a certain size. And if it's not that size, they can't your membership. So hopefully uh, we don't have that to deal with. So, so what because Mike's saying is, uh, forget about the whole uh, uh, apps thing. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. I mean, I was up the other night till about after three, and then I was up again at like six. So don't worry, I'm used to it. It's fine. But uh, you know, yeah. uh, it's just been. A lot getting this thing together. Yeah, but we're here. 
finally. And uh, like you said, hopefully the apps will be coming soon. They're going to be available for Android and Apple devices. Yes. So and you'll I be am, able to... I am going to try to get it in Amazon, but I don't exactly know how to go about that yet. I want to make sure that the Android and Apple ones are up okay before I do anything else. Yeah, so it'll be easier than ever to find Rabbit and Red and a host of hopefully very soon many other podcasts as well. Yes, and um, there will be on-demand content with the um, stream as well on the app and on the web. Uh, but it was buggy, apparently. I was told that they had to remove that feature while they worked out the bugs. So, But hopefully within a month, that should be back in working order. So... Basically, what you're saying, Mike, is now anytime anybody wants to log on to uh, the Rabbit and Red live stream, they can 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there is going to be a live stream of content playing. Well, it, it won't all be live, but it, there will be a stream of. Well, some... yeah, not not live, but there's always going to be it's, it's going to be a, a constant stream of content yes. playing as soon as you click on. And whenever a live show starts, like the one we're doing right now, it will interrupt, temporary, temporarily pause whatever live or whatever show is playing right. and go to that live show. And then uh, anybody that has Shudder, you're probably familiar with this format, but it's, it's going to be something like that. Yeah, and um, it will. Yeah, and then basically when the live, when this show ends... It will resume whatever was playing before this started. And when I said something like Shudder, I mean, I don't mean entertaining or anything. Uh, it, you get the God, point. no. We're not entertaining. Not in the least. Although, you know, I will say that listening to a lot of the old shows on the stream since Monday... Um, some of them were pretty uh, pretty entertaining, actually. They they have From their charm. The they really do. Uh, Vince and Alex back in the day, you guys made quite the uh, quite the group. Well, and that's what the we three have amigos. to now. Well, and we have to bring that now, the two amigos into twenty twenty one. That is the goal. So enough with the happy worship of the website, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> I did want to say, and I didn't get it ready in time for this show because we were still prepping things. <clears throat> I watched a movie the other day from 1989 called Mind Games with Maxwell Caulfield. And um, Sean Weatherly from Police Academy 3. I don't know if you are familiar. Yeah, I think I know. He, he was the lead in Police Academy 3, right? He, he replaced the, or No, no. You said 3. Yeah, uh, Sean. Well, no, Sean Weatherly 
was the one female character. I forget oh. who she played. She was the blonde who I think kind of had a thing for Mahoney. God, it's been forever since I've seen that. It, no, it wasn't Sharon. I thought it was Sharon Stone in Police Academy 3. Uh, yeah, but this one, oh, who the hell was Sean Weatherly? No. <clears throat> you know who Sean Weatherly was? I'm sorry. You know the one cop, the cop family, who was like all, um, they were there for slapstick. Like all they did was like the comic relief. Like they were boneheads. Oh God! I, I think she I have a honestly have not watched that probably since I was in my mid-teens. So, uh, oh, Cody, you need to revisit it. So I, I would love to go through all the Police Academy movies again. In fact, I, I just watched here last year the original. I showed the original to to. Uh, my girlfriend and my oldest daughter and uh they both got a kick out of it well they liked it i mean that's uh classic cinema right there oh absolutely oh did you hear uh too what was it last week uh oh god i can't think of her name now uh one of the original police academy academy alumni um oh the short Hooks. African American lady Hooks. with the uh, squeaky voice. Uh, yes, on it she passed away. I would imitate away. her, but I cannot. That's what sucks, Mike. Is um, so many of these '80s movies we love so much, '80s franchises. We're losing the actors left and right now, so the the chances of getting sequels to a lot of these '80s franchises. Uh, uh, are getting slimmer and slimmer now. At least true sequels, you know. Yeah, I know. And that's a shame. And I think that that's, that's with Police Academy, too. I think they were supposed to do an eighth film. I think Bubba Smith was still alive at the time. Uh, well, Steve I know. Berg was going to come back. Yeah, he's come out of retirement now. He's The last couple of years, he's been doing uh, movies here and there. And he's been on the Goldbergs. As the um, science teacher for a few episodes here and there. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, well, speaking of 80s franchises that we are getting sequels to, what do you think about the latest Ghostbusters Afterlife news? Okay. I knew this was going to come up. I really did. Uh, mainly just uh, giving us a uh, release date, which I don't remember what it was now. But uh. Well, it was supposed to come out in the summer of 2020. Got pushed back. Was supposed to come out, I mean, come out in March of, yeah, then it was supposed to come out in March of this year. It got pushed to June of this year now it's pushed to november of this year why yeah i mean i know why that's a stupid question but it's not necessary it really well isn't. let's just hope that it is because of the rona and not because it's a fucking mess 
and they're trying to make salvage what they can to make it a great film or did a decent hear, film. Did you hear what? Did you hear what Ernie Hudson did? I don't uh, know if it's I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently he let it slip that, that Rick, Rick Moranis. Oh, yes. that would be so great because so. As far as I knew, he was the only original cast member not returning, of course, besides uh, Harold Ramis. Why, why didn't Harold Ramis return again, Mike? Can you help me out there? He's dead. Oh! It's unfortunate. Oh, yeah? There, there's been plenty of pictures online of Harold Ramis and Slimer hand-in-hand hand walking into the sunset. Very emotional. And and even uh, even uh, more importantly, are we going to get Slimer back for Ghostbusters Afterlife? I saw the picture they released here last week of the the new ghost that's oh. supposed to be the Slimer like. <laughs> don't uh, even get me started. Facsimile. Don't even get me started. You, you don't like that... uh, what was his name? Hugo Muncher. Bobila Muncher. Muncher. Yeah, Muncher. that was it. Listen, that is a fucking. Poor excuse for a Slimer ripoff. Yeah, let's okay. give him six arms. The kid will love that, right? He doesn't. He, he doesn't need six arms. And I guarantee you, he cannot eat hot dogs like Slimer did. It just can't happen. And I would rather see a live-action, the real Ghostbusters cartoon adaptation. Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Now, do I think Slimer's going to be in it? I'll tell you. Based on that trailer that they released last year, and you saw like a, a quick dust storm type thing, and you yeah. saw like a Slimer like in the... Um, do you remember how back in the day, I forget what show it was, but I told you that when I saw Ghostbusters originally in the theater, there was a thing where Slimer was on the floor and he was all crinkled up and he didn't have eyes and he looked like a green, like sock puppet, but he scared the shit out of me. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> oh yeah. I have to find that clip for next show. I will find that clip. In the trailer, when I saw that, I was like, okay, that means he's in it. Because I thought that that was him. And it oh, made they, me remember that puppet. They'd be ridiculous not to bring him back. I mean, what, I mean, especially a, not to bring back what is obviously going to be a CGI character. And it's not like they have to bring a voice actor back for it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it would be know. ridiculous not to bring back. Slimer. He's he's just going. I love it. So, what do you think? Are, are they going to bring back the original cast all as ghosts? Because I'm thinking that's where they're going with it. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I've, I don't want them to, but I think I think that's what it's, the way it's going to go. Well, we're probably going to get CGI blue ghost, and they're just going to be doing voiceovers, and that'll be a way for them to bring back. Harold Ramis too, Egon, uh, and just either not have him talk or just have a uh, a, a voice actor. Well, no, exactly, because 
McKenna Grace, who plays his granddaughter in this film. Uh, they're definitely bringing Harold Ramis back, and I think that she's going to see a vision of him, and that's how that's going to be. And I think that he's going to tell her to go and seek out the Ghostbusters so they can sh- show her her lineage. Like, that needs to happen, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm I'm optimistic. Cautiously optimistic, but still optimistic for it. Um, but after after the reboot, remake, whatever you want to call that Paul Feig bullshit that we I didn't got, see it. I watched it with my daughter. It's not as bad as everybody says. Really? No, no. If you've never seen the original Ghostbusters or Ghost Ghostbusters 2 or the real Ghostbusters or anything Ghostbusters related even that uh, rip off uh, cartoon series uh, during the 80s that was in no way related to the Ghostbusters called Ghostbusters if you've seen all of that it's still way worse than any of that but it's it could be worse Uh, and how they got Bill Murray and a lot of the rest of the original cast back to do cameos well they paid it must have paid him a lot of money because oh my god it it had all kinds of talent in the movie paul feig is a great director i like a lot of his movies bridesmaids was great bridesmaids great a great film uh he is a raunchy comedy director that that's why they hired him to do the Ghostbusters remake because that was the thing that was going right then with like uh, 21 Jump Street and uh, Baywatch and so many other uh, 80s series and uh, movies getting raunchy comedy remakes. That that was the Mm -hmm. thing. But whatever these moron executives were thinking by hiring him to do a, a raunchy comedy director to do a Ghostbusters remake. <clears throat> Apparently about halfway through shooting, they freaked out and said, Oh shit, how are we going to sell toys? You know, to kids, <laughs> this is a raunchy, uh, raunchy comedy. You know, it has to be geared toward children. So we got a, a whole replay of the star Wars prequels. So did he rewrite the script because of that? There were so many script changes, uh, and and it, the movie was just tore apart. I don't blame Paul Feig at all. He did what he could with what he had, but he basically got the, from what I understood, got the movie took away from him. And Kristen Wiig, I love her. She's fucking hilarious. Kate McKinnon, uh, she could definitely be a future ex-wife. She, uh, I mean, but Melissa I McCarthy, I'm not big on, but she is a talented actress. She uh, is, but she's, you know, she's not so big anymore, if you know what I mean. No. And uh, Leslie Jones, oh, from, of course, they've all been from Saturday Night Live, except Melissa McCarthy, uh, which know she's, Leslie she's Jones, guested on it a lot. I watch her on Supermarket Sweep, that new Supermarket Sweep game show. Oh my yeah. god! 
she's so loud sometimes. Like, he, uh, <gasps> I used to watch Saturday Night Live pretty yes. regularly. Anytime a segment would come on with her, I'd turn it off. She just, I found her so annoying. Like you said, so loud and obnoxious yeah. and annoying. And we're not talking Sam Kinison loud. No. Well, that, I was thinking she was an annoying black Sam Kinison. Sorry, but that's just my thought. Oh, God. <laughs> we're in trouble. Oh, Jesus, Mike, you had to bring you had to bring the Michael J. <laughs> touch to 2021, didn't you? Oh, it's back, buddy. We just lost our one listener. Thanks, well. Mike. <laughs> and I just I just wanted to say, too, because you saw the new one. OK, what was the deal with Slimer having a wife or a girlfriend or something like that? I don't even remember. I was so disconnected while watching the movie. Were you drunk during it? I actually wasn't. I wasn't. I oh, was. Poor uh, bastard. I would have liked to been. I would have you liked to been. been. Yes. But uh, I didn't get. To, I tell you, about it, I didn't get to finish it. I've seen the very end. I, I missed. I, there's like 30 minutes I've missed. But I watched from the beginning about the first hour of it. And it oh my god. Your your daughter watched the whole. Just so film? bland, bland is the word that comes to mind. It. But you're you're saying your daughter your daughter your daughter watched the whole film, right? Yeah, yeah, she thought it was okay. okay. She like and she already seen the original Ghostbusters and loves it. Okay, so she knows Slimer then. Yeah, she oh, knows yeah, of Slimer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, she loves Slimer. Yeah, good. Yes. You need to ask her, why did Slimer have a wife or a girlfriend? I need to know. I own the movie, you know, the remake, but I will never watch it because my mother wanted to watch it before. So I put it on for her and she watched it and she said it sucked. And they said, yes, I agree. I don't know why you watched it in the first place. And she said, well, well, then why did you buy it? I said, because the voices in my head told me to. <laughs> I believe you, Mike. I believe you. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to have Sydney on sometime because uh, yes, please. I, I love getting to see her because I'm showing her since she's in five or six year old uh, and she's about to turn 10. I've been gradually easing her into the horror genre. Nothing too extreme, of course. Uh, just uh, uh, the old Universal pic- pictures. And, uh, oh, Ernest Scared Stupid, of course. Uh, we watch oh, that yes. pretty regularly. And uh, among several others, and uh, Ghostbusters. And I-, I love hearing her point of view because she-, she doesn't have that nostalgia that we have. For those movies, she still loves them. The ones I just about everything I've showed her, she she loves right. from the eighties. But like, only go watch a remake or something. You know, she, she I feel can give a more fair opinion than I can whenever it comes to uh, comparing originals to reboots and remakes. Oh, I think you're. What about um, Monster Squad? She likes Monster Squad. Oh, good. 
does she cry at the end with Frankenstein? I always do. Uh, that is Still. that is kind of a funny story. The first time I showed it to her, it was just me and her sitting there watching it. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, I think it was right before Halloween here back a few years ago. And uh, we're sitting on the couch, and, of course, it gets to the part where the little girl throws Frankenstein the teddy berries. He's getting sucked into the void. Aww. And uh, and I looked over, and she, she was starting to get teary-eyed. And... Uh, I punched her in the shoulder and uh, said, <laughs> I said, wuss. And she, she looks over at me and said, shut up, Dad. You're crying, too. Yes. See, said, Shut up. That, Nobody asked you. That's a real manly man sign, Cody. I'm so yeah, glad uh, you can uh, cry. Uh, I don't feel alone anymore. That's beautiful. I, I don't cry at the uh, last Donald Pleasant scene of Halloween 6, though. I'm sorry. I, I don't. But, uh... You know, I have to record when that happens, because I really do think people would love to see that. I, I do cry, though. I do cry Yes. every time from start to finish uh, on Halloween Resurrection. Well... I mean, Halloween Resurrection is a horrible fucking Very film. different reason for crying, though. But um, It takes yeah, a stolen. I mean, oh, yeah, it's like an hour and 29 minutes that you will not get back, ever. Ever. And, uh, see, and I even tried to watch it again, because on the Fire Stick, there's an app called Mob Drill. You'll, you'll be familiar with it soon enough. Um, they basically have a, um, like a movie thing, like different movie channels that stream, like there's a horror movie thing and they do like Nightmare on Elm Street. They do Halloween. They do Friday the 13th and it's all 24 seven uncensored and they just stream them. So I watched Resurrection on there again, just the other day, just to give it a shot again and i was like nope still sucks uh well which i've told you about what uh my experience with that film my theatrical experience with it uh after seeing halloween H2O 10 times at the theater because that was my first halloween film of course at the theater uh after seeing it 10 times i was like when Halloween Resurrection was announced. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go see this 10 times too uh, because I was so still so psyched up after H2O. Uh, and um, I made it through two settings. And the third setting, I made it about 30 minutes into. And I just... And it, mind you, it wasn't the same day either. Uh, but the third, the third, I just couldn't do it again. I, I got up and walked out. About thirty minutes in, uh, so I gave it that second watch chance, and and the third time I'm like, oh, this this is just garbage. <laughs> so the third time was definitely not a charm. It was not. No. Um, my that needs to be to the you, name of this episode, Mike. That's what we need to call this episode. Third time's not the charm. Third time's not the charm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, but my question to you is. 
you said you were psyched after you saw H2O. Yeah. My, my thing is, did you ever, like when you heard that this was announced, did you ever question how the hell are they going to explain that he got his head cut the fuck off? Uh, all I could think of whenever I whenever I they announced the sequel and that Michael Myers would be in it mm-hmm. was uh, I just remember thinking, oh God, please, please don't don't let them try to explain it away by he swapped clothes with someone else. Okay, that, that was the first thought that came to my mind, and then sitting through that the opening scene, I was like, "Oh no, no, no." Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let me tell you. I mean, it's like bad fan fiction. It's worse than bad, but we can go with bad. But it's it's worse than that. But um, did I ever tell? Okay, you... it's worse than that. It's worse than bad Michael J. Friday the Thirteenth fan films. Well. I mean, you know. How about that? Is that close? Yeah. Well, Return to Crystal Lake is actually not that bad, but that's just me. No, Um, it wasn't. I'm just fucking with you, Mike. (laughs) Well. It was horrible. (laughs) Shut up. Let me ask you. Did I um, (laughs) ever tell you about what I was going to do for... Because what happened was, around the year 2000, I was going to remake the original Halloween. Actually, I was going to do it for, yeah, I was going to do it in 2000 because I figured, you know what? It's a new millennium. I said, they just did H2O. They decapitated him. Donald's dead. They will never make another Halloween. So what I need to do is I need to remake the original. But I need to remake the original based on the Curtis Richards novelization from 1979. I've never read it. It it is an amazing book. Thank you, Mr. McIntyre. T-Mac from Jacket Audio. He uh, bought me the book for my birthday one year, I think. Um, So it gave me the ability to read it. It's very expensive now, very hard to come by. Um, but it kind of shows like the Celtic roots of Halloween and kind of, you know, ties Myers to that. Okay, so I'm, wonder... I'm, definitely, uh, I'm definitely on board then because that yeah. was one of my favorite things about Halloween 6. Yes. Yes. Was that uh, not necessarily the execution of that, but the fact that they were tying his origin to the actual origins of the holiday? Yes, and that's I thought that's what I was think. very clever, right? And that's why I think I think Dan Ferrans might have pulled from that when he was writing Six. I think you know I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Yeah, I didn't don't know we why ask we him, never asked. Didn't him. we ask him about that whenever we interviewed him? I don't remember. I honestly do not remember. But, um, so, and then it goes into, um, the sister and the boyfriend do have sex in the book. It's kind of detailed a little bit. 
So I was going to open with the Celtic ritual. Then you see Myers with his grandmother. Then it goes to him being at home, lurking around outside the house. The sister in the house with the boyfriend, making out downstairs, getting up, going upstairs, fucking the boyfriend. And then the boyfriend leaving and Myers killing her. Then Myers going into the asylum and, you know, Loomis, it, it showed the evolution of their relationship and of his time in the asylum. So that was new. And you saw that like other patients in the asylum would kind of like pick on Myers and torment Myers and he would kind of um, get his revenge on them, so to speak, for what they were doing to him. So I thought that was interesting, and I wanted to explore that in my version. Um, I had yeah. a, um, a Loomis um, cast. Uh, one of my friends who was in Camp Out Nightmare 6 was going to play that role. Um, but I decided not to do it. I did shoot a teaser trailer for the remake where I just used some um, Donald's monologue from Halloween one. And, uh, I uh, had a, uh, the camera zoom in on a, uh, pumpkin. I think I have that somewhere. I'll have to look for that. But then that didn't happen. And I decided I was going to do something different. I was going to make a sequel to H2O, and I was going to call it Halloween, A New Beginning. And Halloween, Our original, Be- Mike. Exactly. I was, I was planning on ripping on Friday the 13th. And what happened was there was a, um, the opening scene was a college class. And they were studying, like, anatomy or something. And they brought in Meyer's body. And his head was uh, disconnected from the body at first. They sewed the head back onto the body. And then hooked electrodes to his brain. Or sure, because that's or what you do in anatomy class. Exactly. <laughs> so... <laughs> They, they shocked him back to life. And then he killed everybody in the class and went on a rampage. Flash to Haddonfield. And Tommy Doyle is back in town. So it was going to play out like a murder mystery thing where everybody thought that Doyle was the one committing the murders and that he just went nuts because of everything that happened with Myers in the past. It just drove him fucking crazy. Hey, the real kid that played Tommy Doyle might actually go nuts and kill everybody since he was the only one that got recast for Halloween kills. It looks like exactly. Yeah. You know, you're right. I still can't believe Paul said no to that fucking Disney. Uh, well, Dare they take that away from him? 
Yeah, yeah, they fucked him. He, I'm sure uh, he was uh, willing because didn't didn't you say uh, that he was uh, planning on doing a Halloween Six reunion convention and oh, uh, yeah, right back around the time he did Ant Man and yeah, yeah, get tickets and go. Yeah, and Disney uh, dropped the hammer on him, told him he couldn't do it. Yeah, fucking fuck you, mouse. I'll kill you, fucking mouse. Fucker. That's right, Mike. It's the mouse. The mouse. It is the fucking mouse. Fuck you. You know what? I'm getting pissed off. How about we take a break, and we will be back, and when we come back, we will talk some of our favorite werewolf films right here on rabbit and red we'll be back we'll be back Stakes with 
Alright, and we're back. Cody, you're there, right? I'm here. Alright. Wow, this is actually going off um, better than I thought at this point. That's very good. Oh, God, don't Um, jinx us, Mike. Yeah, okay. Definitely not jinxing. Hopefully not. Um, Yeah, so we had talked about, geez, we were going to do this werewolf talk for a long time, weren't we? Uh, for a while, yeah. It was supposed to happen last week, and, uh, well, that didn't go quite as planned, did it? Uh, no, but I think that this was a much better decision. I think the whole, um, I think this platform in general is just better, because now we can play music, and I don't have to worry about YouTube or Spotify or anything like that flagging saying you can't play this because it's licensed so what mike's saying is you're gonna get to know our really shitty music taste yes very well oh no 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 i didn't play that 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 song there you might you might consider shitty but i guarantee you i listen to stuff a lot worse than that <laughs> i couldn't hear that song mike so i couldn't oh, tell that's you. right you can't <laughs> Shit, I forgot about that. Well, you'll have to send me songs that you um, want to hear or want me to play, and I can incorporate them in as well. Oh, like well, I can make that happen. Out. Yeah, you should do that. You should definitely do that. Just give me a chance. I'll run off our one listener. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves my coughs. So. So. Yes. Well, shall we get into some of our favorite and least favorite werewolf movies? And maybe then we'll talk a little bit about the news and then get out of here? Yeah, we could do that. Definitely. Why not? All right. Well. You go first, sir. Uh, Well, I did want to watch the wolves of uh or no the wolf of snow hollow mm-hmm. before we recorded i think i told you last week i was going to do that but then this little streaming thing happened and that ate up every minute of my free time so i i totally understand yet. mike i know it is completely unlike you to not watch a movie that you're going to review for the show because you you are a stickler for that. You, you. Do we under, do we understand why I do not watch? Or that's one of the reasons that I don't really. You know how many other podcasts do reviews and all that stuff of movies. I don't do that simply because I just can't. And there you have it, folks. I am not a good reviewer. Plus, anything that I would rate a 10, um, people would say that I'm crazy. Well, that's only because you rate everything a 10, Mike. Well, I mean, come on. Halloween 6 is a million plus right here. But you know what? That says about you, mister. That says you're an optimist. And people love optimists. Oh, they do. I'm sure they do. 
So, well, what have you, have you, um, like, okay, if you were going to do, like, a top three of your favorite werewolf films right now, what would you say? You know, that's kind of a hard, hard question because they kind of vary for me. I, I can interchange several at any given time because... The bottom line is, when it comes to werewolf movies, at least in my opinion, there are just so many more bad ones out there than there are good ones. And, and I love the subgenre, but it's... I don't know why people can't get a grip on this subgenre and produce a larger quantity of decent films, because most of them are just schlock i mean even even the wolfman remake i mean that that by all rights should have been the second coming of universal horror monsters and it just although it had some redeeming qualities mm-hmm. it just fell short i to critics and the casual viewing audience I mean, I've never, I didn't see the remake uh, just because I was scared of it based on reviews. I mean, the trailer made me say, wow, I think this is going to be really good. And then I heard um, people talk about it and word of mouth was horrible on that film. So An amazing cast, amazing cast, big budget. Great, yeah, great director even, and uh, it just, uh, I don't know if it, I'm going to assume it was a case of too much studio involvement, too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, At least that's what I'd like to think. And that's a major problem. Like, they really, I think a lot of studios need to get that under control. Like, you need, look, Well, you, you need to get someone in there that you know is competent enough to do it and just let them do their thing. Well, I think a big part of it really is, Mike, that, uh, you know, they do all these test screenings and everything. And like, like I said, too many cooks in the kitchen, all these executives having their hands in the movie and they're not trying to make American movies anymore. Hollywood isn't. The, the big studios aren't. The, they're trying to make films that, will, that will, will basically make more money by appealing to demographics all over the world. That's why we get so many big-budget action films now. You know, like the Transformers movies and... And so many more, you know, less dialogue, more action, more special effects, because that's something that translates into more cultures. And, and they're not making American movies to just sell to Americans anymore, like they did in the 80s. They're, they're making them, you know, they, they, they're banking on set, making more money 
in China than they do in the U.S. off of a U.S. made big studio film. And that's the, uh, yeah, that's the big thing, especially now. Like, they, they just, they don't. But I think, like, the big studio blockbuster, especially now because of COVID, is dead for the most part. I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I think I think it's going to be downsized a bit. I think it's going to affect the budgets a lot, but it's mm -hmm. with with the the theater theatrical releases being shoehorned now into like HBO Max and other yeah. streaming services. I'm sure we'll see in the near future. I, I don't think it's going to take away. It's which we've been seeing that for for a while though. Even before COVID, I mean, wouldn't you agree? How even serious, uh, uh, episodic television, how the quality of it is risen so much, you know, getting closer and closer in quality to big budget theatrical films. It, it, it's all been moving in that direction for a while, I believe. Definitely. Definitely. And I, I mean, I think the the days of the two hundred million dollar blockbuster, I, I think they're they're done. They're definitely done. Uh, well, I mean, it just depends on how long this pandemic lasts, and I mean, who knows where uh, who knows where the cards are going to land. Right, and I'm thinking about you know because werewolves are uh, our listener actually informed me of well the one especially i totally forgotten about and i mean it's been a while since i've seen these but um ginger snaps the trilogy of films i only really remember the first two i don't really remember three that much but i know that was more of a prequel have you seen those cody yeah i've seen all three it's been a been a long time but uh, i love the first one and the uh, the two sequels they they were direct to video right they were uh, yeah I'm I mean sure. they were okay they were watchable but I I was really kind of surprised they got Catherine Isabel back for both of them because uh, I just thought or uh, she was in both the sequels wasn't she uh, I yeah. think so but I I think her role in the third one might have been scaled back if I'm correct I'm not sure though. But yeah, I uh, I love the first one and the uh, I mean it was a great werewolf coming of age movie, and then the second and third I mean they they fell victim to they were a victim of their time. I mean if something that was back when if something was direct to video, it usually meant it lacked in quality. Right. Did you um now did you see any of those wolf cop movies? I saw the first one and absolutely loved it. I still haven't got around to watching Wolf Cop 2, but uh, I, I definitely will. Now, I haven't seen either. And it, do you know why? Okay. Because John Rhodes thinks the original Wolf Cop, I don't know what he thinks of the sequel, but he thinks the original is one of the best fucking movies ever. So for that reason, I will never watch it. Uh, okay, here's here's what I'll compare it to, Mike, and uh, okay. this might change your mind. It might not. 
Okay. Put uh, think of an '80s movie. Put it as uh, think of it as the '80s Teen Wolf, except except with a uh, except with a cop instead of a teenage basketball player, and so, a lot more violence. So he's on a police force. He's an officer. Yeah. Does he drive a cop car? Uh, yeah. But as the wolf. Uh, yes, he does, and even he even customizes the car, and uh, it's to make it his wolf car. Uh, it's it's over the top, slapsticky, fun, uh, gore, practical effects galore, great transformation scenes, and it great characters. It's it's just a really fun movie. It it's not to be taken seriously. But the characters are still likable, and it has a um, cohesive storyline to it. And uh, I am anxious now to see the uh, sequel. Does he? Um, does he get on the roof of the car as his partner drives, and he like um, surfs on the roof to the Beach Boys? I do not believe so. It's been a while. I only watched it when it first came out, but uh, it. I'm sure there are some Teen Wolf references in there. That, that's that's disappointing. Is there is there a scene when he's having a transformation, and it sounds like he's masturbating in the bathroom, like Michael J. Fox did in Teen Wolf? I think there is a scene similar to that, actually. Really, his first transformation, I think. Ah, because, see, I've always wanted to reenact that Teen Wolf scene, um, because I just think that that would be amazingly funny for, you know, me, um, uh, masturbation to kind of double as a werewolf transformation. Uh, yeah, it's, uh... It has a great blend of horror and comedy. I mean, they, they get it right, which it's so many films don't. Uh, when it comes to horror and comedy, it's it's a it's a very hard thing to blend, but they they do a really good job on a relatively small budget. And like I said, the werewolf transformations are great, and uh, the practical effects are really quite good. And they did they did a lot with. Very little, and it shows. So uh, you need to check it out, Mike. I'm telling you, you'll like it. Yeah, I'll have to dig that one out. Did you, um... So in terms of... Let me think. In terms of transformation, what do you think was probably one of the better, if not the best, that you've seen? Oh, come on. I mean... Is there really any need in asking that question, Mike? I mean... I'm wondering if you're going to say the same thing that I'm thinking of. Well, of course. Uh, American Werewolf in London. You motherfucker. That's fucking... Oh, I didn't think you were going to go there. Yeah. But no, that looks incredibly painful. Really.
I mean, he literally looks like, you know, he's like bursting at the seams. It's very difficult for me to even still watch that. And I haven't seen it in a while, but it still sticks in my brain. Sure. Um, did they ever, did you ever see the sequel to that? The American Werewolf in Paris? Oh yeah, I saw it in the theater whenever it uh, first came out in the 90s. Really? I, did, I, I didn't hate it. it. I remember even back then thinking, oh my god, that CGI is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't aged well either. So, have you seen it since? Or no? I watched it probably like ten years ago or better, hmm. and I I didn't like it nearly as much as the uh, first watch. Hmm. It yeah, definitely showed its age. Yeah, that one I never saw. I never saw the sequel to that. I mean, so I love American Marvel from London. Love that one. Of another nine, a 90s werewolf movie that I do love. Yes. And also I haven't seen in several years. Which it's on, it's streaming on Shudder right now. But that's uh, none other than Bad Moon. Mm, with uh, yes. Mariel Hemingway, I think. And uh, Michael Perry from, uh, however you pronounce his name, from I, uh, Eddie and the Cruisers. Yes. What? Um, okay. Because I've always wanted to watch that movie. Never seen it. Really? Oh my really? god, that that for me is a close second on the werewolf effects to uh American Werewolf in London. That the the look of the werewolf uh is is second to none. Mm -hmm. That's actually to me that's probably the for me that's probably the uh strongest point of the film is the uh the werewolf effects, which I I mean it's a fun film anyway. But um, as to where you get so many werewolf movies that are have a great build-up, uh, you know, good story, great acting, and then when they you finally get the reveal of the werewolf, they fall flat. I mean, I can just a couple come to mind uh, right right off the top of my head, and like uh, um, oh, more recently, late phases. I really love that movie. But when they finally show the werewolf, the werewolf's in it, I'm like, this this is horrible. <laughs> it completely so takes me out of it. And, um, oh, uh, another 80s movie that I absolutely love. But, again, when they finally reveal, give the reveal of the werewolf, it takes me out of it. And that's none other than uh, Silver Bullet. Yes! Silver fucking boy. I love the movie, yes. though. I, I love the movie. Come on, Gary fucking Busey. Oh, Uncle Red all the way. I will say what was very disappointing to me was that the cripple did not die. Uh, how did I know you were going to say that? I wanted um, I wanted him. Corey Fuck you, Haim's Corey Haim. Character. Fuck you. Yes. Yeah. I wanted his little fucking wheelchair cart, whatever it was, to just ride off the bridge into the fucking water and just fucking drown. Or fucking electrocute him. Let's do it. Oh, Jesus Christ, Mike. Take it easy on the guy. I mean, fucking what? Fried he got... triple. <laughs> Corey, Haim had 
Corey Heyman <laughs> just got like ass raped by the director of Lucas uh, like a year before that. I mean, that's probably why he was in the wheelchair. You I know, mean, have a little sympathy, man. I wonder if he had a butt pillow that he sat on in the wheelchair, you know, to kind of, you know, he probably heard a lot because, you know, the the director of whatever it was tossing Haim salad. Oh, my God. I have to do that because I don't have a soundboard yet. You are a soundboard, Mike. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, another (laughs) 90s werewolf film that I really like. Yes. That again took me out of it on whenever they revealed the werewolf was, uh, I think, 1993 or 4's uh, Jack Nicholson's Wolf. Oh, fuck, yes. And I just I just got that on Blue the other day. Because I didn't know it was, it was released on Blue. And I found it, like, a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, oh, shit. I need this on Blue. So, I got that. I mean, another movie. Great cast. Oh, without excellently a doubt. acted, and then when you finally see the way, which I know what they were going for in that, they were going more for the old school Universal Wolfman look, mm-hmm. and another film that just hasn't aged well. It right. uh, it just doesn't the effects don't hold up, and then it. Just kind of lackluster. But uh, Nicholson's great in it. James Spader's great in it. Michelle Pfeiffer's great in it. Without a doubt. Um, What was I going to ask you? So, what is your favorite Howling film? How many of those have you seen? I've seen all of them except the remake, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen the remake either. I think and, uh, I'm surprised at what my favorite one is. Trying to think, because I wasn't, and I like Joe Dante. I mean, I Gremlins know. is one of my favorite movies, but the original he Howling. did create Piranha. I've only seen the original uh, Howling once, whenever I was in my early teens, and I wasn't a huge fan of it then. I yeah. Mind you, I, I did like the werewolf effects in it, but uh, the movie just, I for some reason, it just didn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, especially werewolf movie fans, are uh, that is one of their like top three always. But for me, it just didn't do much for me, but I still, for some reason, watched all the sequels. Um Part two, I remember very little about. Part three was the Australian one. And I just remember it because it's so absurd that it's funny. Yeah, the marsupial yeah. werewolf. Marsupials, that's it. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, which one was the one where it had the freak show and it had uh, that was Halloween Six, it. the freaks. That one was okay. And then Howling Five was the rebirth, and that was like in an English castle. Yeah, like a murder mystery type one, and it, it right. was okay too. Not not good by any means. But. Wow. No, um, the one before that from 1988, the Howling Four, the original Nightmare, starring Romy Windsor. Who was also featured in the 1989 The House of Usher with one Donald Pleasance. But yeah, yeah Alan 4 is my favorite. They all run together for me, but uh, <laughs> I mean, not, not a horrible franchise. I mean... It depends on which one. Some of them, the creature effects are decent, and some of them are just god-awful. Um, god, what was that last what Was it Seven, where they tried to tie them all together? Yeah, I think that was the Howling New Moon Rising. Yeah, and uh, and the they had a CGI werewolf at the end that was just atrocious. Really that bad, huh? Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't think I ever saw that one. I think after six, I pretty much checked out. I mean, and then I think I was gonna. Oh yeah, there was New Moon Rising, and then The Howling Reborn. Was supposed to be the remake, I think, and I never watched that. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that one. But uh, let me ask you this, Mike: Do you remember nineteen uh, Fox's nineteen eighty seven series uh, Werewolf? No, and you know what? That just got a DVD release in France. I I saw that, yeah. Um, Everybody's talking about that because I'm thinking about. I kind of want to like watch that show because yeah, uh, Elephant Film, it's something I would have watched. Just it. released it. Did you watch it when it originally aired? I did. I watched it in syndication. Uh, when it first, well, not then. I watched the satellite feed of it. Uh, I think right. I told you about this before. How we. Uh, my grandparents had a uh, one of the original like big satellite dishes in their uh, backyard, and we'd catch like east to west coast feeds, and uh, and I'd watch that of the morning before school. Right. But uh, and it scared the shit out of me back then because I mean the effects for and I'd I'd love to revisit it again now. I'll probably pick it up uh, now that it's available, but. Uh, the, I remember the special effects, the transformations on it, uh, they were pretty top-notch, for, especially for a television show budget. Yeah, and I forget. I don't think it lasted that long. One season. That was it. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because I read up on it when I heard they were releasing it. But hmm. I just, for the life of me, don't know why this show didn't, uh, didn't take off. Because, I mean, it had a great cast. 
uh, I mean, Chuck Connors, for God's sake, it was the villain on it. Yes. The Rifleman. Uh, yes. And the, had good special effects, and uh, he was ha- kind of had the, you know, the Incredible Hulk series theme going on. He was the the lead character. Uh, Eric Cord uh, was going from town to town. Uh, like a drifter, you know, trying to find uh, find the original werewolf that cursed him so he could kill him and break the curse. And, you know, each episode he'd uh, always, uh, you know, have to help somebody or something would turn up. And But there was that overall story arc that was going on, too. And Did then you something- see him transform in every episode? Uh, yeah, a lot of it, though, was reused footage from, uh, previous episodes, but, uh, but the transformation from what I remember was pretty awesome, but, uh, I I do know about halfway through the first season, uh, apparently there was, uh, Chuck Connors got into a dispute with the, uh, with the, uh, executives, uh, and, uh, quit the show, so the only, only time you saw him was in werewolf form for the last half of the season. He's not still alive, is he? No, Chuck Connors died here a while back, I think. Shit. Because I was just thinking, we could get him on and we could talk to him about tourist trap and ask him what he really thought about those fucking executives from werewolf. Yeah. Maybe we could, like, have a seance... And contact him. What, like we did with Charles B. Pierce? Uh, yes. The uh, director of uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek? Exactly. Was that on the Morbidly Made or VHS Life? I can't remember. That was Morbidly Made, yeah. Okay. Because right, we got okay. uh, oh, uh, Bo Ransdale to, uh, he conducted the seance for us. Did yeah. He? Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. He did do that shit. <laughs> yeah, we should go back and do that again and, and summon Chuck Connors. Yeah, I don't know if he'd be available. Remember, we had a hard time uh, getting Charles B. Pierce because they just got the uh, they just got internet porn in heaven. So yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> he was not available. I mean, yeah. As soon as you find that internet porn, that's pretty much the end. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is that. So I'm trying to think of any other. Like, anything that I've watched that's, like, I mean, at least Werewolf Wives, I don't, I mean, you could, well, no, Monster Squad had all of the um, monsters in it, so to speak. That still counts for me. That's still in my top ten Werewolf movies. Yeah. Just because of of Wolfman's Got Nards. Yeah, that's, did you ever see that documentary? I I have not watched the documentary. Yeah, it looks pretty good. One of these days. How about um? Oh, the Fright Night. Because Evil Ed was the werewolf. Wasn't Evil Ed the werewolf? Evil Ed wasn't the werewolf. He oh was that his mother? Or was that in Fright Night Two, the one? person on the college campus was a werewolf. Hell, I don't remember. (laughs) I have to go back and fucking watch those again. 
Uh, oh, hey, we're, we're forgetting about probably the absolute best werewolf, theatrical werewolf of all time. Um, I'm going to kick myself when I realize this, I think. And that's none other than Jacob from the Twilight Saga. Shit. <laughs> Taylor Lautner. Uh, Let me guess. You've seen all of those. I was forced to watch the first one by my ex-wife, and I stopped there. <laughs> all right. Well, I I was in the same kind of boat. I had a friend, and he was obsessed with Kristen Stewart. He, like, loved her. He thought she was, like, this emo goddess or some shit. And he's like, dude, like, he just got a Blu-ray player. And he's like, dude, you don't understand. Twilight is one of the best fucking movies. I'm like, I don't think it is. He's like, no, man, it is. And keep in mind... Let's see, this was... Twilight came out in, like, 2008, right? So this was probably around 2009, because I bought Twilight on Blu-ray, too. I don't know why I did that, but I did. Um, So I, I went over to his house. He had just gotten an apartment where he was... Was he living by himself or was he living with his now wife? I don't remember. I think he was by himself at this point. And his girlfriend was working. So he was just, it was just us in the apartment. So I put the thing on. He just got a new HD TV. It was 120 refresh rate, which, I mean, watching a Blu-ray on a TV with that refresh rate back in 2009 or 2010 It was like, holy shit, this looks amazing. So I was watching it. I'm sitting there and I'm watching and it's going and it's going. And it's like 55 minutes in. And there was a thing where they were like in a parking lot at a school. And like she damages a car or does something to a car. And he like, my friend looks at me and he's like, dude, this is fucking awesome. Isn't this the greatest thing you've ever seen? And I looked at him and I said, you're out of your fucking mind. Like you are really out of your fucking mind. And he was, Mike. So I I said, look, I'm like, "I, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. So he stopped it and I'm like. I'm like, yeah, I I need a palate cleanser. (laughs) So um, we put in the uh, director's cut of Friday from 1995 with uh, Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. And we watched that. I felt a lot better. Yeah. Um, Have you you seen the uh, Twilight? What? Did you actually make it through Twilight? I sat through the whole first one, and I was physically ill. Did you at least get after Twilight sex? Probably, but I didn't want it afterwards. I mean, that would be the only 
redeeming factor. No, 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 nothing can redeem that movie. Um, (laughs) Even, even, what Robert Pattinson hates those movies, and they made his career. He's a legit. I mean, he is a legit actor. I got to give him that. He can actually act. Well, just like. Oh, what the fuck's his name? Daniel Radcliffe. You know, I didn't like any of the Harry Potter movies. And, uh, which I haven't seen them all. Yeah. Uh, I've only seen the first one, but uh, I shouldn't say any. I, uh, just wasn't my thing. But I've seen him in several films since then. And, you know, he's he's a legitimate, damn good actor. Yeah, he definitely is. Really but he'll ne- probably never outlive that stigma. No. But, well, maybe Robert Pattinson might with the new Batman flick. Oh, with the Batman? He totally I got a film. People are either going to love that or hate it. It's not going to be a lot of in-betweens. There's, there's going to be either burn him at the stake for it or people are going to think he's the second coming. Now... What's the deal with that? Is he... I mean, the Riddler's going to be the main villain, right? No or clue. At least that's what I gather. I think everybody's really... I think uh, uh, Michael Keaton came in and kind of stole his thunder on that. Uh, uh, since he signed on to be in the... Uh, do a cameo on the new Flash movie. Okay, well, um, okay. I heard about the Flash thing, and I heard about Michael Keaton playing Batman in it, but I don't get it. Now, that's just, I'm not like oh, a they're big doing, comic book DC's guy. He's doing what they always fucking do. Mm-hmm. Marvel's now starting their whole multiverse thing, so DC's doing the same fucking thing. So they're basically copying off of Marvel at this Yeah, point. I guarantee that's what it's going to be. Now, are you... I'm not saying I won't watch it, but it's... Right. God. I'm aggravated. Yeah, but, okay, so Michael Keaton is basically going to play an older Batman. I don't know. Because they're probably going to show several Batmans, uh, being the multiverse thing, and I don't know if it's going to be an older one. Hopefully, it'll be a lead-in... To uh, a Batman Beyond movie where he plays the older Bruce Wayne, which that's what everybody is clamoring about, and hopefully they're able to make it happen. Right. I mean, so wait, so then technically if if what you just said happens, then he would be an older Batman, so to speak, or an older Bruce Wayne without the Batman. Well, who the fuck knows how the whole multiverse thing is going to work? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be linear. Are they basing it off comic books or something? Or what's the, you know. You know, I, I, you know, I heard comics. this crazy rumor, Mike, that they, they base a lot of these Marvel and DC movies off comic books. I don't know if you've heard that, but it I mean, sounds a little far-fetched to me. I mean, you know, um, I mean, maybe they should just get inside my head and... You know, I'll just give them ideas, good, mostly bad, I'm sure, but they can just start basing their movies off of those, 
and we'll see how that goes. Uh, it would probably be better than whatever DC comes up with. Comes up with, yeah. Yeah. What is the problem with DC? Because now, look, I haven't seen many Marvel movies. I'll be honest. I've seen <laughs> the three Iron Mans. That's about it. I haven't even seen the third Iron Man. I saw the first two. Really enjoyed them. Uh, and I've watched uh, all the Avengers movies. I, I enjoyed all those. Uh, and I was a big comic book kid, too. You know, that, that was my jam whenever I was a teenager uh, in my early teens. And uh, it. Even when I was. You remember the comic book movies we got when we were kids? They were pretty mm-hmm. much shit. They were. Anything that was comic book based, or most anything that was comic book based, uh, was usually pretty lame and pretty cheesy. I mean, I still, and not in a good way. Uh, I DC still DC owned like it. Superman. The, well, yeah, yeah. Like I said, DC owned it during the eighties. Yeah. And then when Marvel came in with Iron Man, they kind of swooped in and just revitalized the whole comic book thing and took the ball and ran with it. And they already had, the thing is, they already had their next 10 years worth of movies planned out. And DC's like, oh, fuck, they brought back comic book movies. We got to jump in on this and and catch up. And that's all they've been trying to do ever since is try to play catch up instead of doing their own thing. They've been trying to imitate Marvel and just, you know, follow their lead on everything. And that's why it's just not working. Yeah, well, see, that's the problem. Like, DC was better before. I don't know how they lost it, but then, like, Marvel came barreling through and, like, knocked them out. And I don't know if you've seen it yet, Mike, but I don't know what the fuck happened. The the biggest DC movie we've had in the last ten years, uh, Wonder Woman. Oh, Listen. And I, I enjoyed that movie. I, I thought it was, I'm like, okay, DC's back on track. They're going to take this as their flagship and run with it. And then I watched Wonder Woman 84. You did watch Wonder Woman 84. I did. Do you have, do you have HBO Max? Or did you see it in, like, another uh, way? No, I watched it on HBO Max. A buddy oh, of mine okay. had it, and I watched it with him. And, uh, now, I heard from a few people that it really shit the bed and that there really was no point to it whatsoever. Your thoughts? Nope. Nope. Um, nope. I it was, uh, they tried to amp up, uh, well, not really a lot happened. They, they don't, I say they amped up. They, uh, Tried to amp up the storyline and and really cut back on the action, mm-hmm. which didn't help the film. Uh, and I don't understand because it had the same director. Right. And it just drug and drug and drug. And there was a love story, uh, uh, the same love story in the first. And the, their excuse for bringing back Chris Pine was just ridiculous. The whole premise of the film was just absolutely ridiculous. And 
and it seems like they're trying to make a politically correct superhero film is what it feels like. Well, because the bad guys aren't really even aren't really bad that bad. You know, there's no real villain. They're they're all just misunderstood. Oh, my God. It's just. uh, And such a great cast, too. Such a great cast and just wasted. Well, tell me this. Did you, um, because I heard our, um, friend of the show, or, um, actually from Movie Misfits, that crippled Cody. Um, oh, yeah. He told me that he felt that it was like a monkey's paw type story. And I'm trying to. It, I, mean, I, it was, it. I don't want to give away. I don't want to give away too much to you, but I, I can definitely see that. I know what he's talking about. Uh, but it was basically pointless. The entire movie because was it's, just... it, it literally literally relates to wishes. Right. So it was basically two and a half hours of shit. Yeah, I mean, and I don't like to rag on. Movies too hard, except, well, you know the one movie I do like to rag rag on. I'll never stop ragging on, as long as there's a breath in my body, and that's the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yes, horrible fucking film. Wonder Woman 84, it deserves all the criticism it's getting, in my opinion. Because it had the budget, it had the talent, and it still just fell completely flat. Will you ever watch it again? No. Never. Uh, I, well, I would have to be paid to watch it again. I'll put it that way. So you'll I, never I'll watch put it, it Okay, again. okay, here. If I, I can put this into uh, into context, Mike. Mm-hmm. I'll probably watch one of the Camp Out Nightmares before I watch Wonder Woman 84 again. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> I would love that. Actually, we need I'll, to I'll we need you. to do a new Camp Out Nightmare Six commentary. I think so. And you know what? Live commentary. Yes, we should do that. We should definitely do that. And then maybe, maybe, just maybe, you could sell one copy on Amazon. Maybe. Well, I think it maybe. got pulled from Amazon. I think it did. But it'll have to so be relisted bad. if we do a commentary. It's not American. That's what I say. And oh. Wait, I didn't even mention that. But um, apparently, my original actor who played Thorn is now clean and off the hard drugs. So, um, Avery, you know, um, Avery who was on, I think he was on some Morbidly Maids or VHS Life back in the day. Uh, You know, you're friends with him on Facebook. Sure. He's the writer and such. He is now working on another draft of a seventh script from a pitch that John came up with. So it could happen this year after all of the Rona is done. We shall see, Mike. Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll have to see. But yeah, this was um, interesting for a live show. Indeed. Um, 
I think, like I said, next time we will uh, try to do the calls and, um, you know, hopefully that'll happen. And uh, was there anything else that you wanted to uh, speak of, Cody? Oh, uh, no, not unless somebody wants to uh, pony up the cash to uh, to send me uh, for my birthday in August to uh, the uh, weekend that uh, weekend camp out at the uh, camp that uh, Jason Libs was filmed out. Oh, you about that? yeah. Shit, that is awesome. That's pretty awesome. Tom McGaughan is going to be there awesome. for uh, uh, on my birthday, mind you. Uh just that one day he's going to be there, but it's a, a four-day event, and right. uh, they're going to have all kinds of uh, prizes to give away and, uh, and events and stuff. And now are going to have a live screening of, uh, of Jason Lives on the lake right there where uh, the final scene of the film was filmed. You know what they said, though. Well, at least from what I read, if if they catch you drinking, you're out. Uh, I'm out. Sorry, I won't be going to that. Uh, you, you can donate your money to uh, Rabbit Red Radio. Yeah. Well. Help, help little Mikey J get his legs fixed, folks. Please. That's a good idea. And on that note, I already started the music, so... I guess we'll be out, folks, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Adios, my friend. Yes.
Yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it, it's a great cover. Yeah, no, they really did good with it. You still here? Go home. Well, fuck. That was a disaster. Okay. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24/7 with supplies and solutions for every industry and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.